Hello, my name is Bobby L. Perry. This is the sixth episode of B. Perry Films Podcast. On today's episode, we will be talking about running a business during a pandemic. Today's guest, we have Christina Smith. She's a child care provider. We will be discussing some subtopics of how to operate a business, mental health, sustaining your business, and how she was able to overcome these obstacles by providing for her family. So, Christina, please can you introduce yourself and what you do? Hello, hi, my name is Christina Smith. I'm a child care provider in the city of Cambridge. Okay. What are some of the duties and tasks that you have? Well, I'm, I'm taking care of children from the ages six months to school age. Um, I've been doing this about 30 years and um, um, I enjoy what I do, but we were impacted by the pandemic. So I guess I'm here to talk to Bobby Perry about that today. Yes, a lot of businesses had to shut down and I would like to know since you work in office um, through your house, how was that experience for you? Well, it was quite scary because on the 23rd of, um, 20, I think it was like the 25th of March, they decided that they were gonna shut down the city. Um, and I didn't know what I was gonna do and I didn't know what the options were gonna be. And I thought it actually was for a short period of time, but um, come to find out it was stretched out. Um, when I stopped, I was a little concerned about how I was gonna support myself and my family. Um, we were in touch with EEC, which is the state is that licenses us. Um, they advised us to um, just be patient and they were going to figure some things out. Um, I had to shut down my daycare at that time and I had to let the parents know that I would, wouldn't be available to them, which also they were getting notices from their offices as well. Um, some of them, well, I had a lab technician, so she still had to go into work. Um, she relied on me on a daily basis, which was really hard. Um, so she couldn't bring her child in. But at some point in May, well, actually in June, what happened is they reopened. So they um, kind of advised us to be prepared. And in preparing, they gave us a, lift, a list of things that we needed to do. Um, however, to make sure that we practice um, social distancing, um, that we were sanitized um, constantly, sanitizing our places. Um, the children had to bring their own lunches. They had to have their own play sets, everything individual. These are things that we were we had to purchase. But they also gave us ways of providing those things through um, the PUA, which I don't know if everyone's aware of that, but it was for um, small businesses and for entrepreneurs who were just trying to keep their businesses going, what they did is they paid them on a weekly basis, um, which we're normally not allowed to have unemployment because we don't pay into unemployment. We actually do our own taxes and stuff like that. So what yeah. happens is they were allowed to do that for a period of time just to help us out. Um, also, you know, we were provided with monies from the state to help us out as well. That's amazing. When you heard that there was gonna be a pandemic, what were your initial thoughts? Have you experienced anything like COVID-19? Cause this was like kind of like a new experience for me, like a full lockdown. Well, first of all, I stayed inside in the, in the beginning to be quite honest. So I, it wasn't a reality to me until I went out to the supermarket and we had to wear masks 
And um, that's when it became a reality. It was really scary. Not knowing when I was gonna be able to start back to work was even scarier. And on top of all that, just like interacting with people, I was like so unsure because everyone was seemed to be running from one another, you yeah. know, because we were supposed to actually, everyone's supposed to be in home, but they did provide ways for us to go shopping if you know, you know, and certain things that we really needed. Yeah, I know for me, since most of my business is done remote, it was kind of good for me because I don't really have to meet people unless I'm filming. So mm-hmm. I thought it was great for us, but a lot of companies that are small like yours, you don't have like a retail online business. So how are you going to keep your clients going? Are they going to shut down? Some places aren't even able to open back up, you know? Yeah, but, that's really- but since I'm online, People can send me their videos or I can do the podcasts and more social distancing because we're doing everything through Zoom or some other software. Yeah. I thought that was great how they did the remote. Um, We did a lot of Zooms for support um, amongst each other and to keep in touch with parents just to assure them and just to assure them that it would be okay and to kind of more or less figure out how we were gonna work it out as far as um, getting back into business, which the governor hadn't given us permission yet. So um, I guess we did a lot of Zooms um, in support of each other. And um, the children, we read stories to them. We did, you know, we did things of that nature to keep them kind of entertained. Of course, they're not really into the Zoom, (laughs) but only for a few minutes, um, unless it's something for them that's entertaining. So that was pretty hard, but me and the parents, um, we spoke quite a bit throughout that time and it was it was really hard on them as well I like how you uh, mentioned that you collaborated with the parents because when you think care the parents usually go to work or they have other obligations when they're not with their kids for a certain length of hours so how was the experience for them and their perspective because I know it can be stressful dealing with kids 24 7 now but (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I said my parents were lab technicians so they still had to go to work. Um, they had family members taking care of the children at the time. And I, I assume it was really stressful. We had assistance for um, first responders, which I chose not to get involved in because we don't choose our children in that case. The children are given to us from different locations and mm-hmm. parents that we probably don't know, have an, any idea who they are. So that was a little difficult because that could have bought me finances, but I was a little nervous about that because COVID sounded really scary. And from the death's toll, I thought it was pretty much scary. They hadn't come out with the vaccine yet. So yes, I didn't yeah. engage in that. Speaking of vaccines, well, you don't have to disclose your status, but how do you feel that they're trying to make it mandatory for most places for people to return back to work? A lot of people aren't returning back because they feel like it's my body, it's my choice. But if you want to make that income and get off of unemployment, I think they stopped at Agilent. What are you going to do? Um, Unfortunately, it may be imposed on everyone. Um, Some people have done it already, so that's good for them. So far, I haven't really seen anything as far as anyone getting really sick like it was during a pandemic or any deaths, to my knowledge, that is. 
it may be okay. I mean, I myself haven't been vaccinated yet, um, but I plan on getting vaccinated. It's important to my job and for the parents and for the children, just for safety reasons. I've had a lot of feelings about that. That's why I haven't yet done it. I do feel the same way. It's my body, it's my choice. I'm a person who don't who doesn't really take medication. Um, and I only visit the hospital when I have to. I know that's not okay sometimes, but that's how it is. And um, in saying that, this is gonna be really strange for me to try and take in this vaccination. You know, I mean, mentally, I'm just trying to process it so that I can get through it. Yes. Mental health is a big topic that we discuss on my channel. And being confined to one space for a long period of time, there's been a lot of divorces, a lot of heartbreaks, a lot of financial issues, and other stressors. Not saying that people aren't getting married or having kids, but there's a that extra layer of I can't get out my house and get some freedom. How do you go about seeking counseling or doing a mental check day with yourself? Excuse me. Um, that's one of the things that we did doing the, via Zoom. There's other providers like myself who had a great concerns. Um, some of them weren't able to reopen, but hopefully they will be able to in the future. Mental health is a big deal. Um, that was a big concern with us um, in the state as far as the children, because a lot of children, you never know what's going on at home. Some have abusive situations. Some children don't really have homes. It was really scary um, to know that they were just out there vulnerable like that, but their parents are pretty good at taking care of them and seeking their needs. So I think that a lot of them were okay. I'm pretty sure going back to school was a relief, but I think most, a majority of the children were okay. Um, there were just great concerns there. Like you said, getting out was really a problem. Um, yeah, it's like um, really scary. Um, well, did go out. It's like everyone seems appeared to be running from each other. <laughs> so and then mentally, you're just wondering, like, how is, are you going to be okay? And are you going to come in contact with someone who has COVID? Or is in some way, are you going to be exposed? So that was a big issue when I started back childcare. Just um, there were times when I was panicky um, because the children don't live with me. So yeah. in saying that, um, you know, they could be visiting relatives or... Maybe they are staying home, maybe they're not. They could come in contact, their parents are still going to work. You know, so those things were a great concern to me. So mentally, I, I, I just had to kind of breathe. <laughs> um, I listened to a lot of common music. There's a few things that were offered. Um, there was quite a bit of YouTube and Netflix and I mean, they, and HBO and, you know, cable, Comcast, I give them their props. They did a great yeah. job in keeping us entertained. Um, so I think that's what we kind of relied on in friends and families. And then they had the Zoom going on. And then we can also make calls we, via video chat and things of that nature. I thought that was really good. It brought people together. I felt like it brought some families really close, a lot of friends kind of closer. I know you got quite a bit of attention one-on-one -on -one at that point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it yeah, had its ups and downs. Great. Yeah, it has pros and its cons. Yeah. There was a situation um, that occurred with your household, um, the fire, 
it made it on the newspaper. Please can you tell us about that experience and relive that moment? I know it can be kind of traumatizing. Yeah, it is pretty traumatizing. I just felt myself welling up with tears. Um, that happened in November. A second. Um, that happened in November. I had already started back to um, working with the children. Um, things were kind of um, going, not going back to normal, but they were regulating pretty well. And um, one morning we had a fire. The fire um, took, um, we, were, we were safe, which is the first thing that was um, was my thoughts. And then um, I thank God that everyone made it out because it destroyed the whole house. Um, we were um, really supported by the, by the community, a lot of family and friends. Um, it was a really, it was really um, traumatizing. It was me and my son. And at the time I had children that I was caring for. Um, like I said, the community came together. It was really great. And um, I was put up in a hotel for a while. Um, it didn't take long before they found me a place. Um, but I still had great concerns because I had invested in reopening. I had um, invested in reopening. So I got a lot of support, like I said, um, as far as from the B3 sisters and my my agency we had a fire and i had already reopened with the children um it was really it was it was really really scary um we were inside the house as a matter of fact um when it took place and i had just started back with children as i say um and my son was also sleeping in the back so um everything just went up in flames really fast um I'm just really grateful. I'm I'm really really grateful. Um, that everybody made it out. That everybody was safe, even if we lost everything. I, what was most important is that we were safe. Um, everyone in our community and on the streets came. Um, given any and everything that they could, trying to bring comfort, inviting us in. Um, we were able to find a hotel um, within an hour or two of the time, which was a relief and able to sit there. Um, during pandemic, it was really hard to get into the hotels because they didn't have any maintenance. Um, so we felt kind of at home because it was we were, we were able to just enjoy the, the rooms. Um, there wasn't much going on, but just being together and being safe and, and just getting calls from families and friends was a great thing. Um, and shortly after that, um, we were relocated, which was a blessing. Um, and being relocated, it was the first time that I've ever moved in over 30 years. Um, so it, it was really traumatic. Um, but we're pushing past that. 
and I was able to talk to my uh, my landlord, and we were able to establish me to reopen. I'm also working with EEC um, and B3 and child development, excuse me, really helped me to regroup. And um, they were very supportive mentally. Of course, I needed that. Um, I took um, some counseling sessions um, that were really important. That's really important after something like that happening. But I, like I said, I was able to reopen. Um, I had a lot of support from the parents as well who waited um, to see what was gonna happen before um, enrolling their children in other programs. So that was, um, that was a really great thing. I appreciate those parents. Um, like I said, EEC worked really um, diligently and I'll say diligently because they moved mountains in this situation. I thank God up above because um, I was reopened within, I'll say, um, maybe eight months, seven, eight months. And that was a blessing. But in the meantime, we was working on it, which was good. They helped me to reopen, to refurnish. Um, to, they kept in touch with my parents as well. Um, the support was great. I can say that. Definitely. Yeah. Do you feel, <laughs> and I'm sorry that you had to recap all that, but it's a powerful story. And yeah. not only did you make it through the pandemic, you went through a fire that could have ended your life and the people that were in it, you know, and you were able to yeah. regroup and find strategies and have the support that you never thought that you would have, but you, you're doing your thing. Now you're back running. Yes. Yes, I am. And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for all the support that I've, I've received. I mean, from, from being referred to um, donations, to furniture, just every and anything, even just nice conversation or just a phone call to see if I'm okay. That's been great. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go into some positive things, okay. all this outlook part. Right. So do you have the same clients? Did you get new clients? How's everything running now? Well, at the time of the fire, before the fire and um, before, excuse me, pandemic, I was actually preparing the children to move on to the next phase, which was school. Um, they would have been moving on. It's just that pandemic shut everything down. So they were going to be with me extended time. So we were working on just getting prepared for school and what was to come next. Yeah. 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 We had quite a bit of, um, through the state, they have um, given us PPE, which is um, sanitizer, mask, gloves, things to help us to get through this time into practice safety. So that's been really great. Yeah. And, and just recently we were given a stabilization loan, a stabilization grant to help um, providers who weren't able to start back, hopefully start back. And for providers who had already started back, that maybe um, their income has lowered to just help them out through some of the things that they may be stuck with the bills or, you know, hospital, household, whatever needs 
etc. Yeah. Here's a big question. Since the topic is running a business, how do you get started and providing for kids from home? Is there like certain regulations that you have to go by? What does that journey look like? And how do you start getting clients? Well, it was some time ago. I'm sure it's a lot easier now. <laughs> but at the time, um, I took a few courses, I think about for 18 months, I did a mm-hmm. program in which helped us to prepare and to know what lies ahead and how to deal with situations such as getting clients. Um, if we have a issue with a client um, where we can go for referral for children, just agencies that would contribute to our businesses um, as far as income and needs as far as mental health once again and healthcare things of that nature yeah yeah so in saying that um after we finished the program completed the program i'm sorry then we were kind of on our own and um we were left to advertise for our businesses and um it's really nerve wracking the first time because you really don't know what to expect. And you're taking someone into your home that you don't even have a clue about. Um, and you want to be taken serious. So you have to have a contract. You have to have your rules. You have to know exactly what age you're going to take, what price you're going to charge, things like that. You have to be in connection with EEC. They give you your license. So that's the first, the very, very first step. That's the first visit. That's really scary. Um, once you get past that, then, like I said, you start with the clients and then kind of word of mouth and advertising and, you know, just everyday practicing to um, be better and to teach the children and to make sure that you basically meet the needs of the parents and children. It seems like you were very organized and you had a clear vision. Did you develop a business plan or some type of model where you're just like, this is your one-year goal, this is your second-year goal, or continue on from there, like revising your work? Well, I had assistance in that with um, through child development, which is an umbrella that I'm under, and they provide um, trainings, and they also come out and help you with things like that. They, you know, help you with um, preparing for the children. They give you courses, I mean, excuse me, trainings to help you prepare for any things that may come up with you and the parent about communicating, um, just around the things that I can't really, um, right now, just get off the top of my head. Um, but they're really great with that. So they come out and they more or less help you out with things like that, organizing and knowing and advertising and whatever else that's needed. Was there a moment in time where you had imposter syndrome for people who are watching this? Imposter syndrome is where you have that moment mm-hmm. where you're like, I want to do this, but something comes up or something comes up. Exactly. <laughs> um, accomplish that goal and you just keep delaying it. Well, I um, I can say that that's happened many times. Um, I've had a few issues. Well, one of the fire was one of them. Pandemic was another. I mean, I, I thought to look for another career. Like they had so many opportunities online. You can do courses and things of that nature to go for like um, coding and billing, um, CNA. They just had a lot of options that were open that weren't before prior to the pandemic. So I thought about taking other courses and doing things, getting enrolled in other jobs that 
like a remote, like you said, that was so much easier to do. Um, but no, something about this business kept me going. I guess it was the support from, like I said, B3, child development, the state, you know, they gave us that initiative. They was just like, you know, handing it to us, letting us know, hey, you guys are important. We need you, you know, so that felt great in the parents. Doesn't it sometimes you feel like you have like an obligation or some type of accountability of you have to perform at your highest to keep these children wanting to work with you because it's not just the parents. Like if the kids don't like you, they're probably <coughs> else. And how do you get that one-to-one experience with them and build trust with these kids that are under two or three years old, you know? Well, that's my secret. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, what happens is over years, you build experience. And like I said, I've been doing it about 30 years. So the first few years was really touch and go. Um, I, I, I think the parents believed in me more than I believed in me. Whether that makes sense or not, I don't know. It makes sense. <laughs> but it helped, it helped with your confidence. And it helped you to know that you were doing such a great job that you, you start to add even more into it you just get really involved in that and um the children help you to teach them you know you just have to pay close attention to what's going on with them they help you to teach them and um i think they just learn to trust you because you're consistent and you're someone who is temper temporary mom during the day they know the difference, believe me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> a temporary mom during the day. And I'm sure if you give that love and that nurturing and, you know, just try to keep them engaged in activities and teaching them more and more, exposing to them to whatever you can, I think that helps them to gain it. And as they grow, it's just such a beautiful thing to see. And I'm sure they feel it. You know, they may not know exactly what's going on, but you see it. You see it through the growth. So then you know that they trust you and other children see that and other families see that as you on your daily routine. Um, and that's mainly how I keep it going. Do you have any core values? Um, name like your top three that you live by. Let me see. Pray every day. <laughs> Pray every day. Um, consistency. And I try to hold to whatever com commitments, promises, or whatever. I try to make sure that I don't overdo it so that I can really hold to my end of the bargain. Yeah. Yes. That's really good. Yeah. I believe in those core values. And I implement them every day the best that I can. Yes. It's hard to stick to it at times. I mean, you know, because you're it's like you're on display constantly. You know, because everyone knows, like, you're the daycare lady, you know, so it's like it all like eyes on you yeah, all the time, you know, and I mean, I'm only human. Sometimes people forget that you are human. People just think of you as um, the oh, small <laughs> who takes care of kids. And then when I see you out in public, they're just like, wow, is this the same person? Like. She's funny, she's outgoing, and, yeah. you know, people don't really get the chance to really get to know you because they're just dropping off the kids. Right. <laughs> well, actually, I make time for that. I try to um, 
make conversation, whether it's small, I try to figure out if everyone's okay. I keep an eye out for things like that and make sure I keep a mental note of what's important to people. Um, the parents are really respectful. I appreciate that. So I try to show the utmost respect to them as well. My family as well tries to um, demonstrate that. I just think that I just try to be warm and welcoming overall. The parents really appreciate that. And as a mom and being in that predicament at one point in time, I know how that feels um, as being a parent of an only child. It can be a really scary feeling just to um, trust your child in someone else's hands. Yeah. So I always keep that in mind. So here's the big question. When you go from shut, shutting down to relaunching, what was your SWOT analysis? SWOT is like, what are your strengths, weaknesses, threats? Um, I'm going to say some of my weaknesses was that um, mentally I let a lot of things, you know, the news and just everything. It kind of just kind of had me just all over the place with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what kept me grounded, like once again, is um, the Zoom meetings and the support and the mental health checks and, you know, the planning and just taking our advice and getting advice and just sharing all in this mess to kind of figure out a way to bring the children back and to be safe about it and not feeling alone. Although you were alone, it was like together alone. And I believe in that, you know, it was, it was, that's what really kept me grounded. And there was times when I did get a little discouraged and I didn't think it would be possible and that I would have to go and seek another career because when is this pandemic ever going to end and everyone's jumping on remote and am I going to, how am I going to fit into this? You know, seeing where I've done my career for such a long time, how do I, you know, adjust, readjust myself? Um, yeah, I had those struggles. And like I said, there was a lot of times when, wow, <laughs> when I was unsure about, um, quite a bit of things. But like I said, through communicating and people really made that a strong point, it was really great. And it helped you out a lot. Definitely. And I journal. I journal as well. I'm constantly writing. I think that's really that's important to the mind. I'm always journaling, just writing, reflecting on my day, my life, whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe I should start journaling. It's, it's a good <laughs> thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what are some of your goals since the relaunch like has it changed your views on like say if we end up going through another shutdown because that's the big question are we going to go back into lockdown are you going to think about doing something hybrid which is like remote and in person i know um i don't foresee that being with child care mm-hmm I just don't foresee that being with childcare. I mean, even though me and the parents, I mean, the parents weren't allowed to come into your homes, you know, for safety reasons, they were not allowed to come into your homes, but we, they were able to visit remotely. Um, only the children were allowed inside. Um, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I foresee that working. The advice of the state and as we, we, vamped our contracts, um, it was advised to us that to include the pandemic in case it was to reoccur. Um, 
I don't know if I so much agree with it, but I guess basically in a lot of contracts, you will find that it will include that even throughout the pandemic that you'll be responsible for whatever it is that, I mean, after going through this and people having a lot of loss of revenue, you know, you want to protect yourself. So they, you know, we need to ask for more as far as if it did reoccur, the parents are going to be responsible um, for paying still. Um, I don't know how that's going to work, but like I said, some of the parents still were able to work. So, and I think they've worked it out a little different now since we've already been hit with pandemic. We're kind of a little more prepared. Reminds me of the blizzard in 78. We weren't prepared for that blizzard, but after that, another blizzard didn't get away, you know? So I think that they're going to make sure and prepare us and this time around, I think that, and I don't think there'll be a shutdown. Yeah, seeing, like you said, with all the remote going on, I think with all we've learned about it, that we will be able to survive. There will be certain places that won't be able to, certain businesses that won't be able to, but as we see, there will be some businesses that will still be able to run. You know, the question is, is it best to do everything in person, do it remote or try to include both? But how do you provide that same, not for you, but in general, um, how do you give that same hands-on experience where everybody feels included? I know for my dance classes, they were debating if they were going to keep doing it remote, but they end up deciding to do it hybrid. I don't think it's going to be effective mm-hmm. only because like 20 or 30 people to a classroom. And then you don't know if there's going to be a big outbreak where there's no circulation in the air. And then you have the people who are doing it, watching it remote. They're not getting that same experience because they're too focused working with the people in person. So people need to think about their model strategy right before they say, we're doing whatever, <laughs> you know? Well, you're, you're right on that because I think what made it easier for us to um, be able to incorporate everyone and businesses to open, et cetera, was because it was summer. So we did a lot of outside venues and outside activities and everyone kind of moved their businesses either remote or outside and that worked for everyone. But now with the weather's changing, I'm kind of wondering about that. Yeah, what's um, the person that came to mind? Excuse me? First thing that came to mind when um, people have this whole debate between the three different models, because do you want to not only get more clients, but you got to think safety is the main key. Yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that um, people are working on that because like I said, the sunlight gave us that liberty to just kind of feel free to some people even unmask, you know? But um, considering that the weather's changing, we will be inside facilities, I'm pretty sure. Some things will be shutting down um, temporarily. Um, with daycare, it's the parents are allowed to come in now. So if that was to happen, I guess we would just allow the children to come in and start doing it virtually again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that businesses will find a way to work it out. I, I think that so far we've been doing pretty good about working through this, um, I believe that they can continue to do it even more advanced at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any last um, words I would like to provide to everyone? Hmm. 
because there's different people. There's people who want to start a business, operating a business, or people that are thinking about closing their business. That's three different audiences. I know. <laughs> Let me see. I can just say this. Whatever you do, be wise about your money, about how you spend your money. Try to save budget, do the best you can on that. I mean, like everyone was left without. If it wasn't for PUA and unemployment, and even then some people still went without. There was a lot of agencies that gave out food and money and things like that, but who knows if that's going to be available to us next time. So what I think is that people just need to be really careful with their spendings. You know, everyone, I guess, should get the vaccination so that we can kind of make it a little easier on us because that death toll was horrible. And um, if you're going to open your business, just try to figure out a plan, you know, put a plan in place. Think about long term and things taking place that may interrupt it and what you're going to do, a plan B more or less. It's real important. I learned that through this. And by the way, I did take a few courses. I took the coding and billing and I took a few courses pertaining to childcare, but I was kind of gearing into looking for another job. So after I did, and I only, I had half of the children that I started off with, I went and I got a second job, you know? So, I mean, there's so many different things that we can open our eyes to out there. They're inventing so many different things. You'd be surprised. So um, don't lose faith. I would like to recap everything that we discussed. Running a business during a pandemic or running a business in general, you don't know what's going to occur. You can do all the planning in the world, but it's how you react to the changes. Um, you can do anything remote, in person, or hybrid. Figure out what business model works for you. Develop a plan. Like Christina went through, um, having to shut down, having to find a new apartment, applying for grants, loans, or any type of financial resources and building connections and relationships with people are very important. And try to get out of imposter syndrome and just chase your dreams. I mention all the time, get that pen to paper. You're taking first steps to accomplishing that goal. Because if you just say it over and over in your head, you're just gonna delay it. Maybe you, I don't know, where <laughs> you just forget, just be real. Just have that accountability partner if you need one or some type of mentor who can help support you, not financially, but uh, with your mental training. training. Mm -hmm. And yeah, are there any ways that people can connect with you? Um, I mean, I do childcare. Like, um, I don't really have a website right now. Okay. But, um, I am on the EESA website. And um, if you're interested in doing childcare, they do have some programs that I advise the ladies to get, or gentlemen, to get enrolled in. Um, if you live in the city of Cambridge, we have a B3 program in which um, I suggest that you get in touch with them. Um, my email is C underscore A underscore Smith at Comcast.net. Um, maybe I can answer a few questions, but I don't really know much, but I can definitely point you in the right direction as far as seeking those answers and getting those resources. And you can follow me at B Perry Films on Instagram, YouTube, and Clubhouse. Um, so follow my channel, follow at B Perry Films. And it was great to have you. Thank you for taking out the time and educating me more about your business and people who aspire to go into child care. Yeah. 
No, thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad. But can I just ask you one thing? Um, what made you get involved in doing the podcast and interviewing? Um, my niche is documentaries. Um, me and Christina are cousins in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I got motivated by my gift and dance. I did all the visuals, concepts, costume, lighting. Everything was just me. And then I got the opportunity to work with Susan Smith, who we have a documentary on, to find out more. Reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I just asked her one day, can I interview you with a camera and get your life story? It got me an opportunity to learn about my grandfather who passed before I was born, get to know about a little bit about her childhood, what she remembered, her raising five generations of family, and how she never had an excuse as to why she couldn't accomplish whatever goal or check them, checking up on other people. I'm like, if you can raise 15 kids and five generations yourself, you're a hardworking person. Like I'm underneath you and I'm trying to try to be like you. (laughs) And anything's possible, right? Yeah. And I just wanted the podcast to showcase other businesses, content creators to share their stories and show that there's hope to accomplish their goals and dreams like we pushed okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay all right so our information will be in the bio check on us thank you for coming on the podcast again um sharing your journey and yeah (laughs) thank you for inviting me